Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 310 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo. I'm CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, where you'll find writing courses, useful resources, and an awesome, supportive writing community. And I'm here with my co-host, Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, author of the popular Mapmaker Chronicles and Adaban Cipher book series. How are you, Al? Um, I'm I'm in the fair to middling camp this week, okay. uh, Valerie. I would I would say fair to middling. I'm kind of busy. Like it's one of those things, isn't it, where you kind of you're you're at the end of the year and you oh. just really want things to be slowing down. But um, there's a lot to be done for the planning of next year. Awesome. Um, is what I'm doing at the moment. So uh, we had a meeting of the Shawhaven Readers and Writers Festival oh. last night to. Um, finalise our draft program for July 24th and 25th next year. So this is how far ahead you are constantly thinking. I know it was exciting and it is exciting. It's going to be a terrific program Mm. and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, But it's just, yeah, it's just one of those those things that you're kind of doing at the time that you're doing all of the other things. You think that things slow down towards Christmas but, in fact, they speed up to this almighty climax but I was looking at my toiletry bag today and I couldn't believe my toiletry bag could give me such a sense of calm because I looked at it this morning (laughs) I know okay where are we going with this well I looked at it this morning and it occurred to me oh my goodness I don't have a plane booked for quite some time I can finally unpack my toiletry bag Oh, you're unpacking it. You don't just like put it away for the next time, which might be three months down the track. No, because it has stuff that I use like. Oh, all the time. I see. You yeah. don't have like a set one that no, just goes in your bag. No. Mm. So I'm going to unpack my toiletry bag today, and that gives me so much joy. Look at you. You're just settling in for the summer. That's very, <laughs> That's very right. exciting. I think the thing that gets me about it is this notion that, um, you know, there's so much that has to be done because everybody shuts down like it's almost like you know Mm. we we you know would technically have a meeting in January as well but everyone's away so that meeting gets kind of sidelined so there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen also before you know all the authors go on holidays and before so it's just this thing of like there's this massive deadline that is just like smashing us um so I'm just yeah I'm just getting getting through all that which is fine which is great but you know we, the edits are done so that at least at least I'm I'm through that bit and uh, uh Joe, Joe's single is you know launched and he's been doing Woo-hoo! radio stuff and he's been doing all those bits and pieces so, so that's talented. tick that's done um yeah so we're just kind of you know smoothing our way to the end of the year hopefully that's where I'm up to and I, I feel like I'm talking like I'm on you know like I've been highly caffeinated today I feel like <laughs> a bit of a chipmunk um I think it's just that you know the stress level is very high okay um, anyway, so, well um, we want to give a big shout out to Libstar99 who has kindly left us a five-star review on iTunes and Libstar99 has said thanks so much Val and Al for this fun interesting and informative podcast full of practical tips and advice. As a newbie writer, I imagined it would take years to build my knowledge and network in this field. Thanks to this podcast and the courses from the Australian Writers' Centre, I am progressing far more quickly than I would have thought possible. This podcast is an enjoyable part of my week. If you're interested in writing, have a listen. You won't regret it. Woohoo! Oh, thank you so much hooray. for that. That is a lovely, lovely uh, yes, review. I'm so, I'm so pleased that it, you feel like, you know, you've kind of that we've dragged you into the whirlwind of the publishing and writing world <laughs> so well. 
Yes, very, very, very appreciated. And if you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it helps us in the rankings. Now, let's move on to our links for this week. We have a link that's uh, about the Mogford Food and Drink Short Story Prize. Oh. I love a bit of food and drink, really. Well, yes, it is that time <laughs> of year as well, isn't it? It's a food and drink kind of a season, let's face yes. it. So you may as well get into the spirit of it, not only with food and drink, but also writing. What a great short story prize. It's in its eighth year and the prize is a delicious 10,000, wait for the currency, pounds, which means a lot of money in Australian dollars. Are you serious? For one story? Pretty good, huh? Wow. I would say it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, your work, you should enter just because of the judges, because judges for the 2020 competition are Stephen Fry, which is, you know, pretty awesome. Yeah, I, um, yeah. You know, the comedian, actor, writer, all-around amazing guy, and Prue Leith, who is a television presenter, journalist, and novelist. So wow. according to the website, food and drink must be at the heart of the winning tale. Your short story could, for instance, be about crime or intrigue, about a chance meeting over drink, a life-changing conversation over dinner, or perhaps the details of a relationship explored through food or drink. Maximum word count is two and a half thousand words with no minimum, and um, the title isn't included in your final word count. (laughs) Entries are now open and entry fee is only £10. Competition closes 13th of January 2020, so you have some time. And the long list will be announced in March and uh, the the winner in April. So we'll put the link in the show notes. You can check it out there. And, of course, you can find the show notes at soyouwanttobearwriter.com.au. But that's a pretty good prize, don't you reckon? It's amazing. I can't – yeah, it's an incredibly – like that's a lot of money per word. I feel like you need to get inspired by your Christmas ham people or, you know, whatever it is that you choose to celebrate your holidays with and uh, get yourself involved in that. That's amazing. And I know we have a lot of very keen short story writers in our our community. Um, So I feel like this one is made for you. Get into it. Absolutely. Now, we also want to do a big congratulations to one of the members of our writing community who has not only a graduate of the Australian Writer Centre, but has also been featured on this podcast, and that's Petronella McGovern, her fantastic book, Six Minutes. We interviewed her back in episode uh, 295. And she has just been announced on the long list of the 2020 Indie Book Awards for her book, Six Minutes. Very, very awesome. Congratulations Amazing. to Petronella. I mean, yeah, it's an, that's an incredible achievement. Um, mm. And with a debut as well, mm. uh, just fantastic, really well done. Um, and of course, you know, we're just excited because obviously, you know, being part of our community and we've uncovered your talent before everyone else so I'm pretty excited about that (laughs) go us right (laughs) yes and then Petronella's got a great story because she did the six-month write your novel course at the Australian Writers Centre and she and a group of four others in that same course have gotten together and kept on meeting and out of that it's just like a fantastic success story in itself because um, at least three of them have book deals 
Margaret Morgan um, is also in that group, and she released The Second Cure, which is now being made into a miniseries. And Frances Chapman, her book is coming out in 2020, and so she's got a book deal out of that group as well. So, And I have no doubt that the other two in the group are going to get book deals as well because clearly there's something, um, you know, in the water that they're drinking, but also the common element is that they did the Write Your Novel six-month program. So, you know, great, great job to all of them. Now, if you have uh, Christmas gifts that you need to buy for for the writer in your life, mm. we can recommend what, Al? We can recommend a book. We've got a book at the top of our list for you to give to your the writer in your life or, you know what, yourself. And not only a book but a signed book, which is even signed more book. exciting. Bye so, of course, I'm talking about this is our very unsubtle plug, of course, <laughs> for So You Want to Be a Writer, the book, which we personally feel should be under every Christmas tree this year. Uh, we will put the link in the show notes. Um, it is not too late to order your signed copy. So, you know, but it will soon be too late. So let's allow the factoring, let's factor in some postage, et cetera, here. Um, get your orders in so we can make sure that it's out there and ready to go under the tree. Absolutely. You can find out more at writerscentercomau slash book. And that's, of course, um, just a great book that has gives you a blueprint or a guideline of exactly the steps that you need to take in order to be a writer. So um, both Al and I are very proud of it. Let's move on to our competition this week. We have five double passes to the truth, thanks to Palace Films, and it's in cinemas on Boxing Day. So um, it is a wry and charming new dramedy. Don't you love those words? Mm-hmm. Do you love the a truth- dramedy? Dramedy. The Truth pairs French screen icons Catherine Deneuve and Juliette Binoche for the first time as a celebrated actress and her estranged daughter, a writer who reunite in Paris upon the release of the former's memoirs, a book seemingly riddled with omissions and embellishments. When the star's long-suffering assistant unexpectedly quits, the two are forced into an awkward working relationship where suppressed emotions can no longer be kept in check, also starring... Ethan Hawke, who I do have a soft spot for. Um, oh, you're such like a child Ethan? of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, so I do love a bit of Ethan. Anyway, five double passes and you can win one double pass. Entries close on the 16th of December. Just go to writerscentercomau slash win for your chance to enter, just follow the instructions there. And if you're there, if you're listening sometime into the future and you go to that website, writerscentre.com.au slash win, there'll probably be some other fantastic competition there for you to enter. So get in on it. Now, Al, are you ready for the... Did you just say get in on it? (laughs) Yeah, get in on it. (laughs) Get in on it. Oh, lordy wordy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready for the word of the week, Al? I don't know, where can we go from getting on it? But okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Hit me with v- it. Virago. Oh, I know what V-I-R-A-G-O. this is. V-I-R-A-G-O. Virago. You know what this is. Okay. Because it sounds like a car or travel website, you know, like Travago. But I it's think not. It, is it pronounced like that though? I thought it, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Is that how it's definitely pronounced? Well, Virago. It's not Virago. Well, maybe it is. Malaygo. It depends, I guess, which part of the country or what, which part of the world you're from. But anyway, it's V-I-R-A-G-O. According to the Macquarie Dictionary, this refers to a turbulent, violent or ill-tempered 
scolding woman. A shrew. <laughs> <laughs> so you we don't, don't want to be called this. either a virago or a virago. <laughs> <laughs> either All right, try and use that in a sentence. Yeah. Who's our writer in residence this week, Al? The wonderful Jodie Gibson. Wonderful. Now, Jodie Gibson is a name that should be recognisable to a lot of people in our Facebook um, podcast community because she is a regular in there. She often has uh, very useful things to, to uh, add to conversations. And uh, Jodie is, uh, she has been, uh, like I met her on via social media, via mum blogging like a million years ago. Um, and she has released her debut novel. And we had a very, very good conversation about, you know, the writing, the process and all of the various things. Um, and I think you guys will find it really, really useful. Jodie Gibson is an Australian author of both contemporary dramas and a light-hearted romantic comedy. Her debut novel, a contemporary drama called The Memories We Hide, is out now. Welcome to the program, Jodie. Hi, Al. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. Now, you and I have been in touch via social media for a very, very long time. It's probably best that we don't think about how long <laughs> that might be. Um, and I know that you began your journey as a writer a while ago. So maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about that, like how you came to writing and, and how you got to the point where you are now. Sure. Yes, it has been a while since we've been in contact and it is scary to think about. Mm. Um, I guess I came to creative writing. I've always I've always written things like at school I enjoyed writing um, but it was never a career that you know I was never going to be a writer I was never going to be an author that didn't happen um, and it was only maybe 10 years ago where I had this story running around my head and it just kept playing like every night I'd go to bed and it'd play like it'd press play and it'd just go in my head and so one day I thought I'm going to get this story out because it's really <laughs> stopping me sleeping really <laughs> And so I did, and I wrote about 50,000 words over the space of a month, and um, it was great to get it out, and I think that was what I, I had the bug then. I, I found I really enjoyed it. It was something that I looked forward each day to doing, and so then I sat down and I started writing some more stories and basically just went from there. Um, and along the way, after I decided that, you know, I – I think I was okay at it. Um, I could get the story down. Whether it was good or not is another thing. Um, so I, I found the Australian Writers' Centre. and yay. I've, yay! And I've done a few courses with you guys, which were absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it showed me about structure, about plot, about character. Um, and I think from there, um, I've only grown as a writer. And then I found out about NaNoWriMo. And my first attempt at that was, I think, 2013, where I got about 40,000 words down of a story. And then in 2015, um, I did NaNo again, and I won. Yay! Yay! And that became The Memories We Hide. Oh, fantastic. So, so I'm just, I'm trying to remember because, you know, it's, it's this, this whole thing of like where you've got these people that you just sort of like on social media mm. with, but you were a blogger, is that right? Did you used to blog did, as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you think it was being in that blogging space and in that social media space that really sparked this? Like you were seeing other people doing it and you thought maybe I'll have a crack. Is that, do you think that's what kind of like kicked it off for you? I think so. When I started out blogging, I actually started out as a business blogger. I was a virtual assistant, so it was That's sort right. of um, – I started off out like that and then the mummy blogger thing exploded and although I didn't 
I wasn't necessarily a mummy blogger. I guess I became more of a personal blogger. Yeah. Um, and my blog has evolved from the business blog to a personal blog and then throughout the years to a writing blog and now to a writing and indie publishing blog. So that, that journey has certainly helped me along the way and it's helped me discover um, myself as a writer. Um, it's helped me discover my voice as a writer, which I think is really important. And I mm. don't think I would have found that voice without blogging. No, it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I always talk about the importance of blogging from that perspective for me too, from going from that broadcast voice mm-hmm. of journalism to that more intimate voice that you need to find Definitely. to find your own creative writing voice. Did you Have you found, because one of the things I know that I often see people talking about in the various groups and things that we have is that they struggle with this whole notion of, you know, I blog like this and I don't know how to turn it into this kind of blog and should I change and start a whole new blog or what should Mm. I do? Did you find that evolution through the blogging process? Was it just something that happened quite naturally and you just sort of like changed direction slightly on all of your blogs or did you start again each time? Um, I had a few reincarnations of my blog um, under different names and then I guess it was maybe five or six years ago where I just stuck with my own name and from there I was still, that was when I was personal blogging yeah. and from there it really did evolve quite organically Yeah. Um, as I discovered more about myself and about writing and about how much I loved writing and it was really quite a natural progress for me and there were a few light bulb moments along the way where I said, yep, yeah, actually, yeah, I do want to be a writer. I'm yeah. going to sort of head in this direction and just, you know, tread the water and see how it goes. And have you found also over that process of that 10 years of that sort of shifting and changing with your blog and with with that Mm -hmm. sort of platform that you have, have you found that there's just a core group of people that have stuck with you the whole way and then you've picked up or dropped off depending on the the kind of whatever content it is that you're talking about at the time, but there's that core community that has always been there. Is that is that Absolutely. the experience you've had? Yeah, me too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, which is fantastic to know that those people have followed my journey yeah. and they're still they're signed up to my newsletter today yeah. um, and it's great to see those people commenting on your social media posts and being really excited about uh, um, the book coming out because they know where I've come from. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the community evolves from there, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and it's one of those things that I have noticed about your, you know, over the years, obviously, as I say, we've kind of there, um, you know, you do see that community grow and you see mm. and uh, the community aspect of it, I think, particularly with blogging, is one of the great, the great things about doing it, you know, from the start. And I know blogging is – not as fashionable as it was, but I still mm. believe it's a it's a way to connect with people that you wouldn't find in any other way. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today without that. Yeah. And, you know, at the start I was probably talking to no one and then maybe it was five people and then maybe 20 people. Um, so it has grown and I've just kept, up, kept at it, you know, yeah. from starting out feeling like, you know, I'm talking to – space <laughs> I know and that, it's such a bad feeling isn't it when you're it's just horrible. sending this stuff out but you have yeah. to just it's like writing anything I think you have to keep persisting to That's find right. your audience yeah yeah anyway enough about blogging look at us going on a nostalgia <laughs> trip um so tell us about the memories we hide so sorry what year did you say you did it with NaNoWriMo I'm pretty sure it was 2015 that okay. I did the, the first draft with NaNo right. and was that a complete draft like the 50,000 words was the was the finished book in that 50,000 words it, of a draft, I'm saying, I mean, the first draft? It was almost. I think I 
I almost got to the end and then maybe there was a couple of chapters after that that I added. Yeah. Um, but for a first, like it was basically a very, very rough first draft. Yeah. Um, and from there I had to flesh it out and restructure it about 3,000 times. Okay. Um, <laughs> As you do. It felt like it. <laughs> all right. So tell us about that. Tell us about that process. Tell us, like, first of all, start out by telling us a little bit about the book itself. Sure. Okay. So The Memories We Hide is the story of 27-year-old Laura. And she's basically been running from her past for the last 10 years. When she was 17, her boyfriend, Ryan, was killed in a tragic accident and the event was so traumatic that she left home and fled to the city and was going to put it all behind her. Now 10 years later her mum is sick so she's gone home to look after her mum and she's found that all of the nostalgia and all the memories are coming back and then she comes across a newspaper clipping uh, that her mum had kept um, that sort of alludes to the fact that there's more to Ryan's death than she knew. Um, So she feels compelled to find out what happened the night Ryan died. Um, she connects with a, another friend, Tom, and they start to piece things together, but she doesn't know that Tom's actually holding a secret himself that could change everything. Ooh, that sounds exciting. So <laughs> what has been the sort of process of that of that novel? So you, you've written the first draft. How different is the actual finished book to that first draft that you kind of came out of your mind? I guess the essence and the premise of it is the same, but the actual structure of it is completely different. Okay. Um, When I started out, I was going from um, what happened then and what's happening now and sort of an alternate chapter um, way. And when I gave it to my editor after I'd done the first draft and done another draft after that, um, she sort of said it's it's a little bit too much in the past and it's so it's turning into a YA novel and I didn't want it to be a YA novel so we had to bring it more into about what's happening now in the in the present with Laura um, so we had to restructure it and include more things like flashbacks and some diary entries rather than sort of going from then to now and flipping back and forth so so that actual structure is, is very different but the idea and the story and the basic plot along the way is very much the same. So at what point did you decide to bring in an editor on this project? Like at what point did you think to yourself, oh, I'm really loving what I've done here. I'm going to push this forward. I think it was after I spoke to you, Al. <laughs> remember we had one little mentoring session I way do back remember when. That. You were in a you were in a moment of panic and I said, we better have a chat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so after we spoke, um, I did some more work and then got in touch with an editor who you had recommended, which was fantastic. And who was that? And who did the editing for you? Nicola O'Shea. Oh, yes, who we have actually interviewed on the podcast. I I thought it was probably her because I recommend her to everyone. Yeah, she's fabulous. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I found her. (laughs) Um, And she she was absolutely brilliant. So I gave it to her after I'd probably done another draft after that. So it was maybe third or fourth draft, Um, still still very rough. Um, And she came back with that advice and we worked through that a couple of times and and then – Working back back and forth, I finally got to the point where I thought, this is it. I really can't do anything more with it. I think I'm finished. Okay. All right. So now this is the point where you've chosen – this is where we get to talk about your publishing choices here because mm. you've chosen to indie publish The Memories We Hide. Mm. And I know that this is your A plan. This is not mm-hmm. I've sent it out to the whole world. This is not – this is you going, this is what I'm going to do. Why have you chosen this path? Well, I guess when I first set out um, – 
like everyone, I didn't know much about, well, not like everyone, but many people don't know much about publishing. So yeah. I only knew about tra- traditional publishing. Yeah. So I did send it out to two publishers who did ask to see the full manuscript. So that was good. Mm. So I knew knew the writing must be okay. The story idea must be okay. Um, obviously, I knew it probably still needed some work. Um, and then that was sort of like a I was in limbo for a long time, just waiting to hear from them. And for whatever reasons, they, they didn't take it on. And I got to thinking that what do I do now? Like it's such a long process. I've got more stories I want to write. I want to get these stories out there. Do I just keep, you know, plugging away, just keep writing, keep sending it out? And and I thought, what one day if what if I never get published? And that was sort of, I guess, the indicator for me to, to look at something else. Mm-hmm. And I guess by that stage, indie publishing had um, had grown a little and the stigma was you know, starting to fall away from it. So I really, I looked into that and I probably spent 12 months researching indie publishing to know mm-hmm. if it was really right for me. And the more and more I learnt about it, the more I realised that's that was to be my A plan because that's, it really resonated with me um, having control and being able to put out my stories and keep working and moving forward with my writing career. So I guess that's why it became my A plan. Okay. And so once you've made that decision, what mm. you, you, you obviously had an editor because you were working with Nicola already mm-hmm. on the drafts and things yes. like that. So what, how did you then approach the next stages in the sense of, you know, because once you've got the story how you want it to be and you're happy mm-hmm. with it, um, you know, as far as it goes, what happens next? Like you've got to find a book designer, you've got to work out how to, you know, how did you go about that aspect of it? Well, first I had to do a lot of research because I had no idea what to do. Mm. Um, I was at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this indie publishing thing. How do I do it? Because mm. I had no idea. So mm. um, there's people like um, Joanna Penn, which you may have heard of. Yes. Um, there's another huge indie um, publisher, Mark Dawson. He runs some courses and has a great community um, on Facebook with indie publishing. So I joined those communities, listened to their podcasts, did a couple of courses, and that's where I learned about the the core aspects of indie publishing and basically gave me, um, you know, a plan to work with, a step-by-step plan. Okay, you need to do this. You need to to get a cover designer. You need to get it um, copy edited and proofread. You need to get it formatted. And then you have to learn about all the different um, distribution options available um, and how you actually do get it out there. And then there's the marketing and promotion. So there was a lot to learn and still learning. So were there any things about the process or about the way everything sort of unfolded for you that surprised you along the way? Like is there anything where you've gone, oh, that was easier than I expected or that was more difficult than I expected or, you know, have you learnt something that – some little tidbit there that you'd like to share with the So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community? Um, I think I've learned that it is possible. Yeah. I think when I first decided to go India, I thought, this is such a huge thing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because there's so many different steps along the way. Um, but I do like to be in control. Mm. So I think if you are going to indie publish, you need to be a little bit of a control freak and like to organize things. Um, and I think I learned that there are steps you can take, but at some stages, everything has to happen at once. Mm. 
Um, you have to get your cover and you have to have your formatter ready and then you have to know from your formatter how many pages it is so you can tell your cover designer how many pages it is so they can um, finalise the format for the print edition. Um, so there's just lots of things and there's it's a learning curve but it is possible mm. and, you know, you can do it. It's just it's a lot of hard work but if you are focused and determined, it, it is possible. How did you find the right people to help you? Like how did you find the formatter? How did you find the cover mm-hmm. designer? How did you find – I mean, because you then need to also get the book distributed, I assume, in some way. How do you yeah. find those people? Okay. Um, with the cover designer and the formatter, I found them through contacts with Mark Dawson's self-publishing formula community group on Facebook, yep. um, just – basically asking for recommendations um, and they put me in touch with a, an amazing cover designer who was just brilliant um, and they came back with some concepts and basically the second one I saw I was like yep that's it so that was that was easy almost and the same thing with the formatter there's a, a company I think they're actually based in Tasmania Polgara Studios and they do a lot of um, formatting and editing so mm. I just emailed them and yeah it was quite easy once once you knew who to go to it was quite easy from there. Did it almost we, feel too easy sorry. in a funny way? <laughs> Do you know what it I mean? It almost did like <laughs> it was because I was very I guess I didn't know so I'm just sending off these emails going like um, this is my first indie book um, can you do this for me and they're like yeah sure you know <laughs> they do it all the time of course they can do it yeah. um, and just send it off and then it came back and it's it's sort of done and I was like oh okay well that's done <laughs> move okay. on to the next step. Um, and what about the distribution? Let's, uh, sorry, I interrupted you with that question. No, but. Um, so distribution. So you can choose if you want to just go ebook, yep. um, or if you want to do the paperback version as well. Um, I decided to do both. So there's a number of distributors that you can use who um, you can join up with them and they take care of the distribution to different platforms. So they will get your book out to Amazon, to Kobo, to Nook and to Google Play, to iBooks and to there's, – there's so many of them. Mm. And so you upload all your information to them and they take care of the distribution so that when you say you want it available, it's available on those online platforms. Mm. With print, you can do it through a distributor – as well, but I actually had a contact with the Australian Society of Authors yep. and they have a distribution deal with um, an Australian distribu- distributor. So this is just for Australia, yep. um, John Reed Books, and I was able to uh, work out a deal with them so that they will distribute the print copies, the paperback copies to uh, smaller bookshops and places like um, Booktopia online. Okay. Um, so I signed up with that. And for um, overseas readers um, who are on Amazon and Kobo, they can order like a print-on-demand okay. um, cool. paperback. All right. So uh, moving on a little bit, you, have you had to put as much time into thinking about marketing the book as you did in writing the book? Like is that and is Probably that something more. you enjoy? <laughs> yeah, proper. Oh, look, I do, I do have a background in marketing. Um, I do marketing for our family business. Um, my husband's a builder and we have a bathroom renovation business, so I do all the, the bookwork and accounting for them and also the marketing and promotion. And I've done it for, uh, for clients in the past as well. So I do have a background in um, marketing, particularly online marketing, social media marketing. Um, so that 
has certainly been a bonus to, to help me. Um, and I do actually enjoy it. I do enjoy coming up with ideas on how to get things out there, different um, platforms to use. So that part of it I do enjoy. And it has taken a lot more time than probably I would have liked. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I'd rather be writing, of course. Um, but yeah, when you when you choose to go indie, you do have to do well, you have to do it all yourself pretty much. Um, and even traditional authors these days have to do a lot of the, the marketing and promotion themselves. So yeah, very true. Um, it's got to be something that you, if you like doing it, great. If you don't, you've still got to do it. <laughs> pretty so much. what are some of the things that you're doing to launch? Like, like, what have you done to launch the book? What's the, sure. What sort of things were you thinking about? Okay, apart from obviously on my own social media platforms, um, I've reached out to book bloggers um, who have and are in the process of reviewing the book and they'll put it up on their social media and on their book review sites. I've done a few interviews um, with um, more book bloggers. I've done podcast interviews and I'm reaching out in the process of reaching out to bookstores, local bookstores in the area to head out to to sign some copies of books and let them know it's available and just chat to them. And um, the local library actually contacted me to do a book launch, which I wasn't planning on doing, um, but they contacted me, so we're doing that. Um, and it's just about it's just about getting yourself out there and making contact with um, people in your community, people in your online extended community, and mm. just just asking. Mm. They can only say no or ignore you, but That's they right. could say yes. <laughs> Look at us chatting away That's my here. View. <laughs> Sorry, I've gone way off topic. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, do you think you um, have to be prepared to invest money as well as time to ensure the best possible product? Because I know that there's a lot of ways that you, if you do everything yourself, um, you know, you can like make your own book cover, you can edit your own book, you can do all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, but if you really want your book to be the best it can be, you, you mm. have to be prepared to invest some cash. Would you agree on that or not? Yeah, absolutely. When I when I started out and I decided that I was going to go India, I was my main focus was to make the book look like a traditionally published book. Right. Um, obviously, the story has to be good. Yeah. Um, but it has to look good. So the cover has to be. Um, representative of, your, of the genre that you're writing in and it has to be nice, it has to be professionally done. Obviously, you have to have it professionally edited and proofread and all that so there's no errors. Um, so I want someone who picks up my book or looks at it online to look at it and not think, oh, that might be self-published. Like I don't want them to be able to pick it. Yeah. Because um, really, I think that readers don't care who published the book as long as it's a good story yeah, and yeah, as long yeah. as it looks good, yeah. they don't. Like how many times do you pick up a book and go, oh, who published this before I read it? You don't. Um, so as long as it looks the goods, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. and you do need to invest money in that. If you're if you don't know how to design a cover, don't do it. You know, get someone to do it because yeah, you don't want it looking second class. So what do you reckon the average is like that it would cost to to bring a like a quality product to market? Like I mean, you're obviously in a lot mm -hmm. of those um, communities, so you would have some understanding of the kinds of costs of kinds of money that people are spending. Yeah. Um, what what sort of you know give me a ballpark of what sort of money people are actually spending to create a quality product? I guess it's really hard because there's so many people out there. Um, mm. Like you can find good designers on places like Fiverr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you are taking a risk. Yeah. So my choice was to go with um, a professional 
book cover designer who specialises in book covers. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously you're going to pay more for that. Yeah. So that yeah. was about five or six hundred dollars yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the editing. There's different levels of editing that you can have. You yeah. might just do a structural edit and then do a copy edit and a proofread yourself um, or get you know, someone who you trust and who you know reads quite well to um, do a proofread. Yeah. So it just depends on, on – it depends on your budget, but you do need to be prepared to put in um, some money to make, it, to make it the best you can. Okay. All right, so what happens next? Next is – Promotion. So, <laughs> like I said before, I'm on the promotion trail, um, just getting it out there, just getting the word out and talking about it and just seeing what happens and keep writing. I was going to say, are you working on another book at the same time? Yeah, I'm working on a couple. I have another contemporary drama, which I'm just finishing off the next draft and that's going off to my editor. <laughs> and I'm also, also working on a romantic comedy series, which will be a series of three books. Um and hoping to get those out by the end of next year. And so, are you planning to put the three of those out at the same time? Is that your is that your I strategy think with those? I am. Yes, yeah. I am thinking about how to do that um, because particularly indie um, readers, if you're doing a series, they like to be to able to get it. Keep reading. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you have one book out and you say, "Oh yeah, the next one will be out in six months," they'll forget about you. Yeah. Um, so my strategy is to maybe put the first one out and then a few weeks later the second and a few weeks after that the third. So I yeah. really want to have them all ready to go yep. um, so I can approach that in that so way. So that's all part of it too, isn't it? You've got to be thinking strategically as to how you're going to actually manage your oh, launches. and Yeah. yeah. yeah well, you, you know, all I can say is good luck with that. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a huge amount of, uh, of work as well. Um, I think that's the thing with indie publishing, isn't it? Like you have to be prepared I mean, with any kind of publishing, let's face it. Mm. But you have to be prepared to do the work. Like it's it's not something where you can just like fling an ebook out there and hope for the best. No, you do. You have to be prepared to put in the time and the effort and the money. And you know, you've got to you've got to make the time. Not even Excellent. just find it. You've got to make it. All right. So um, thanks for joining us today. We're going to finish today, Jodie Gibson, with our three mm. top tips for writers. Um, so what have you got for me? Okay. Um, Really boring. Keep writing. <laughs> you can't Everyone be boring. Keep writing. You can't but it's be boring. True. I should make it a new. There should be like a new rule where you have to start with one that we haven't had before. <laughs> I'll finish with one you haven't had before. How's that? Okay. <laughs> keep writing. Yeah. Um, and keep writing. And uh, there's so many people who write a book but who never finish it. So yeah. if you can at least finish it, you've got something to work with. And even if you don't think that it's it's good, at least you've got something to work with. So keep writing and find that time each day to, to make time, even if it's half an hour, just to sit down, get some words down. Um, that would be my first tip. Yeah. My second tip, I guess, would be specifically for um, indie publishing is head into it with 100% dedication and focus, as okay. we were talking about. Yep. Um, you know, be prepared for the time it's going to take, be prepared to do your research, be prepared to make your book the best you can by getting it edited and 
professionally designed and, and all of that because um, you really want to put the best product out there. And my third tip, which might be a little bit different, is keep your ears open because mm. story ideas are everywhere. Mm. And I'm a firm believer in a bit of the big magic Elizabeth Gilbert that the stories are out there waiting for you to hear them. Um, you might be on the train and you overhear a conversation it piques your interest, write it down because I think once you've got it out, you allow more ideas to come in and like story ideas just pop up from everywhere now that, you know, it's like I've opened the faucet and, <laughs> and they're just everywhere. So keep your ears open because they're out there. Okay. that's a, Well, that's a good one. I don't think we've had that one before. So well no. done on that. Um, <laughs> okay. So where can people find you online, Jody? Sure. Um, my website is www.jfgibson.com.au and you can find me on all the social media platforms from Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter and my handle is at jfgibsonwriter. Fantastic. Okay, well, best of luck with the book and uh, hopefully we'll be able to follow your journey as a podcast community and we'll look forward to it. Thanks so much, Al. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. Our eight-week course, Novel Writing Essentials, focuses on getting your manuscript off to the best possible start. Whether you've already started your opening chapters or just have a story ID, this course will help you shape the beginning of your novel through weekly lessons and workshopping in a supportive online environment. In doing so, you'll avoid potential mistakes down the track and meet the course goal of getting your first 20,000 words of your novel in the bag. You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning online with your very own tutor and classmates providing direct feedback on your writing. You can find out more at writerscentercomau slash novel essentials. That's writercentercomau slash novel essentials. There we go. Jodie Gibson, The Memories We Hide. I am holding it in my hands. Gorgeous book and um, what a fantastic story. So good on you, Jodie. Well done. And just a great holiday read too. Like if you're looking mm. for something to, you know, just – to while away the hours in those relaxing times you have ahead, this is the book. So, um, yeah, best of luck with it, Jodie. Fantastic. All right. We've, um, for those of you who are new to us and you're not re already in our Facebook group, you can just join our listener community. It's free. All you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. Some good conversations that are happening in there. Andreas asked recently, is there some pill or potion to stop procrastination? Oh. <laughs> I am suffering from a severe case. And of course, lots of people have weighed in on uh, writerly procrastination. <laughs> do you suffer from procrastination now? I look, yes, I do. Um, it is something that I have managed to um, wean myself off over the years. And of course, the the way that I have done that is something what I've discussed with you guys uh, many, many times. Unfortunately, there is no magic pill or potion. Um, <laughs> there is just boring old routine. Um, routine is mm. the best possible antidote. Well, one pill really is a deadline. Well, deadlines, but just that 
just that sort of note because of course when you start freelance writing which I did many many years ago mm. there is always going to be that idea that you know like you kind of get up wake up on your first day of I'm a freelance writer and you spend the entire day you know faffing about in your pajamas and cleaning the house and doing whatever it is that you do going for coffee and then you do that probably the second day and then by the third day you realize that um, you have a deadline and as you say deadlines are incredibly good motivators but the thing that you realize over many years of freelance writing and then fiction writing etc cetera, etc cetera, is uh, is just that notion that you have to treat it like a job and I don't just mean the freelancing but the actual writing of fiction as well you 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 have to treat it like a job and you're going to have your routines like in the sense that like I sit down at my desk every day once I've you know walked the dog and done my stuff um and I check you know the various social medias and I make sure that I've got my to-do list in order and I do all that it takes me a, I have to allocate a good half hour to that because I know that if I don't do that that it's going to you know, interfere with the rest of my day in, in various mm. ways, shapes, forms. You kind of got to ease your way into it. I remember Di Blacklock uh, when we spoke to her for the podcast talking about um, the fact that, you know, authors are a little bit like a, a bit like dogs in the sense that before a dog lies down to sleep, it kind of walks around in circles and then it yes. checks its little spot and then yes. it like slumps down in a big heap and goes, hmm, you know, um, <laughs> and writers are a bit like that. You've got to walk your circles, whatever your circles may be. You need to do that first so that you're clear and ready to go. Um, but, yeah, procrastination, it, I, I just think it's just part of hum, human nature. And um, I remember having a conversation with Kelly Exeter, the wonderful Kelly Exeter, yes. Kelly Exeter one day. Um, we had the whole you got to eat the frog Oh, totally. conversation um, because I think the thing that makes you procrastinate the most is the thing that you really don't want to do so mm. the key to it is to do that first do the yeah. hard thing first don't yeah. faff around with the other so bits true. the fun things because the, the thing you're procrastinating from doing will always still be there so if it's hard you're going to procrastinate and you might be at that section of your manuscript where it's hard because let's face it it's not all you know fun and giggles mm. um if it's hard, do it first. That's that would be just that's it. That's my, that's, that's definitely all I, that's all best I've piece got of advice. You. Best piece of mm. advice. Mm. Eat that frog. And for those mm. of you who aren't familiar, it comes from a book called Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy, where he talks about exactly what Al just said: doing always doing the hardest, biggest. Think the thing you most dread first, and then yeah. the rest of the day is easy. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great piece of advice. All right, so uh, we're almost at the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Al? You'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at, at Al Tate, A-L-T-A-I-T, uh, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. And you'll find all of the show notes, of course, at SoYouWantToBeAWriter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. <laughs>